Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us on this first Sunday in May. You know, I was uh, here earlier this morning, and I was looking at all the seats behind me, and I can still recall, uh, even though we haven't been here for several weeks, I can still recall where many of you uh, would sit regularly, especially those who had your reserve seats. And, and the more I thought about it, I was really blessed uh, to think about how many of you, so many of you, uh, made the gathering of uh, the church family uh, a priority. You were disciplined, you were committed, uh, you would get up on Sundays, you would get dressed, get in your cars, and, and you would come over and participate in our worship services. Many of you would serve regularly, and, and it was such a blessing. And, and then uh, the elders and pastors, uh, you know, we want you to know how blessed we are uh, that many of you have continued to make uh, the gathering of the church uh, a priority uh, via technology in these trying circumstances. And, and we want to affirm you. We want to encourage you to continue uh, to gather in this format until we can be here once again uh, physically. But, but thank you uh, for gathering with us each Sunday morning. Uh, if you don't happen to uh, fellowship with us here at the well regularly and you belong to another uh, church home, we're glad that you're here with us on Sunday mornings and we invite you to worship and participate with us as well. Uh, there's two verses I wanted to share with us uh, from 1 Corinthians 12 to get us going. Verses 12 and 13 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. And so I'm reminded that even though we can't be here physically, we are united as the body of Christ in Christ and through faith in Christ. And so whether you belong uh, to the well or to another church, we are the body of Christ. So I'm going to pray and then I invite us all to actively worship together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for another day of life. Thank you that we are united in Christ as the body of Christ. So, Father, we desire that your will would be done, that you would be glorified and pleased with our worship time this morning. Father, we look forward to seeing what you're going to do in and through worship, in and through uh, the preaching and teaching of your word in the power of the Holy Spirit. We love you. We commit this time to you in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Good morning, church family. Before we read today's scripture, Psalm 23, I'd like to give you a little bit of background. This is a beautiful poem that uses the image of God as a shepherd. King David, who penned this psalm, had been a shepherd himself and understood the parallel between the task of a shepherd caring for his sheep and of God caring for his people. Sheep are totally dependent on the shepherd for food, water, leadership, and guidance as they move from place to place, just as we are dependent upon God for all that we need. Sheep depend on the shepherd for protection from a wide range of predators and dangers, just as we look to God as our protector and defender. In the New Testament, Jesus reveals himself to be the good shepherd of his people. 
Let's read this 23rd Psalm together. Begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Folks, I want to encourage you all, encourage you to utilize the resources of technology. Reach out to your church family. You can email the church for prayer. Shiloh will graciously put this email address down magically at the bottom. I want you to utilize that to reach out if you have a need for anything, even if it's just conversation. We are more than happy to contact you, to pray with you, to help lift your spirits. And we don't want anybody to feel alone in these times. I can't wait until we can get back together at the well and have a hug and worship together, love on each other, and just spend time with each other. But until then, we'll do all that's responsible in keeping everyone safe and well. I just praise you and thank you, Lord, for all that you provide for us to have these resources, especially for your word that encourages us all. And again, can't wait to see everybody. Blessings and have a great week. See
Well, good morning, church family. Jordan here, uh, coming to you live from my house, my living room here. Um, we do something a little different today. Uh, we're going to head on our one another's, uh, which has been some time since we've been there. So today we'll be going through Romans 12, uh, verses 14 through 18, and we're going to be talking very briefly about um, living in harmony with one another. And you know, when I, when I think of just kind of where we're all at. A lot of us are at home with uh, you know our family way more often than maybe we would like. Um, some of us may be at a point where it's the relationships are being strained and we're being tested. And so um, let's go ahead and jump in these verses and just have a, uh, a little bit of a devo here. So verse 14 starts off with this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no, no one evil for evil, but give thought, to what, um, give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Uh, now, I mean, you know, just going over that, there's definitely a lot in the verse, and it doesn't all have to do with, you know, living in harmony with with each other, but I, I mean, I really think it does. I think it all connects uh, somehow with being humble, um, you know, not paying back wrong, and things like that. Now, this really makes me think of, um, you know, again, we're, we're all together, a lot of us are spending one more time than maybe we like with each other, and I'd say right off the bat, um, if we're having a hard time with this, we might be, God might be showing us that we're really not, um, you know, we haven't really exercised this muscle a lot. And, uh, this actually makes me think of whenever we, and I'm sure many of you, um, are familiar with this, you know, uh, you know, when we sit down in front of a piano or like a drum set or something, and we have no idea how to play it, and we just kind of, you know, dink around, and it sounds terrible, and, uh, versus someone who's skilled and who actually, um, it actually sounds nice and there's harmony. Um, you know, that's what I think of when we, when we, you know, talk about living in harmony with one another. And, uh, you know, most of the time beforehand, maybe we haven't been as, um, uh, in a place in need of, of flexing that muscle or using that muscle rather. And so now many of us maybe were, were being tested in that, uh, like I said earlier, and uh, we might find ourselves discouraged. So I just want to encourage us that, um, you know, even the, the fact that we may be realizing that this isn't something we're good at, um, I, I think ultimately this is a place where God's grace really comes in and helps us to engage in that. Because when God says, hey, we're to love one another and take care of each other in all these ways, like living in harmony with one another, encouraging one another, it's usually in the context of that not happening, because um, if it was easy, you know, well, everybody would do it. And quite frankly, I don't think we would really be depending on God's grace. Um, and, you know, so for me personally, this kind of stirs in me with, with things with work, uh, with how things have shifted. And, you know, just personally, that's, that's where I've been challenged. And so I know we've all been challenged in different ways uh, in this season. And so... You know, and encourage us to not really be discouraged by
by the fact that God may be revealing those things to us, and that's actually a really good thing. Uh, you know, His Holy Spirit is um, convicting us, and um, you know that, that's good because it's saying like, hey, this is where we kind of are lacking, but this is where we get to grow and become more like Jesus, um, and really just glorify and enjoy God. So, I just want to encourage us this week with this one another of living in harmony, that, uh, you know, it, it is something that we're going to have to put work into and be intentional about. And again, we may have not had a, not been as intentional before. And so this is a good place for us to recognize really our, our need for God's grace and uh, really just need to keep walking and step with the Spirit. So um, just take this little bit of encouragement this week and uh, hope you guys are doing well. And um, yeah, I think it's time for some meet and greet. So we'll see you guys next time. Good morning, church family. Welcome to the front yard of the Tropics of the Glennons, Mike and Susan. We're glad to see you this morning, but we really miss you. And we're so looking forward to the next time that we'll all be together again as a family. We'll see you soon. Bye. Hello, everybody. Joey Brooks here. I just wanted to say I miss you all and uh, wanted to give you all a hug and can't wait to come back to church. Miss you all. Welcome. We are the O'Briens. I'm Martin. This is my wife, Darianne, and uh, we miss you. Hi, church family. We just wanted to say hello and let you know that we're thinking about you, especially when we log into the messages on Sunday. Just missing everyone so much. Missing seeing your faces and giving you hugs. Missing the Kingdom Kids stampeding down the middle aisle. And um, really looking forward to getting back together when this passes. So God bless, stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you soon. We'll be back. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you again. Listen, before we pray for our offering, our tithes and offerings this morning, I, I thought I'd start with a, an announcement. Um, I don't know, did somebody already make this announcement? Uh, I guess we'll find out, won't we? So the announcement is is that there's a um, uh, there's a mail slot at the church now, in the church office store. And, um, <clears throat> and by the way, for the, the younger generation here, a, a mail slot is it's just a little long skinny thing that goes in the door and it has a little hinge door on it. and and uh, the mailman, um, wait, can we call him mailman? I guess it's a, the delivery person, the mail, the mail per I don't know. I don't know what to call him. Uh, it's a generational thing, I guess. And so anyway, we could ask Mark Bodycomb because, uh, you know, Mark Bodycomb, uh, Elder Mark, uh, he started his career with the post office, you know, like 50 or 60 years ago. And uh, he was a letter carrier. That's what we call him, letter carriers. Anyway, so he was a letter carrier for the post office. And, uh, you know, after 50 or 60 years, however long he worked for them, uh, by the time he was done, he was practically running the place. Uh, even had to move to Washington, D.C. To, to do it. Anyway, um, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So we're talking about the mail slot. And uh, so it's this little thing in the door where, where um, in the old days, the mail uh, person, letter carrier, mailman, um, it, they used to come and they would come to your door and they would they would put the mail in your in your door and it would just fall on the floor on the inside. It's the coolest thing. So anyway, we installed one uh, at the church. And so if you if you you probably shouldn't be putting your ties and offering envelopes without a stamp on it uh, in the mailbox because the post office frowns on that a little bit. 
Uh, in fact, they have a rule against it. You're not supposed to do that. So that's why we installed the slot. It makes it a lot easier. Uh, but if you want to still put a stamp on it uh, and mail it to twelve ninety grand, that works too. Uh, or if you would like to, um, uh, if you'd like to do it uh, via uh, online uh, giving, uh, and I got to tell you, uh, just uh, this just does my heart well. Um, the online giving, uh, since we initiated that uh, uh, several weeks ago. Uh, has just grown exponentially. I guess people, you find it easy to do that, and uh, praise God, uh, that is an easy way uh, to um, to make provision for your tithes and, and offerings for the church uh, each week or how, however frequently uh, you do that. Uh, so uh, anyway, so there's the mail slot thing, uh, there's the actual mail thing, uh, and then there's the online thing. Uh, all uh, are available to us uh, while we're not actually meeting together. And it's probably good for you. Get out of the house, go to the church, put it in the mail slot. Um, I'm sure you remember where it is. It's only been like four weeks. Um, and uh, But in case you've forgotten, it is 1290 grand. Uh, and you can go to the mail slot and uh, and or just uh, put a stamp on it. Either either way, it's it's fine. Um, and uh, and that's, a, that, that's a good thing. So uh, God has been so good, uh, hasn't he? Um, uh, even in the midst of, of all of that we're all going through right now, uh, at, at spending a lot of time at home, uh, I just encourage you, though, to get out. Uh, make it a point. Uh, ride your bike to the church, walk to the church, drive to the church, and walk around uh, and, 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 and put, put your envelope right in the mail slot and in the door. Uh, it, uh, especially for you young people who have never even seen a mail slot and don't even know what I'm talking about, uh, it'd be good for you uh, to, to, uh, to see that and just, and just do it. Uh, it it'd be kind of fun. So, uh, but... In any event, um, listen. Uh, let's let's pray for our offering uh, because uh, we 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 do this um, uh, as an act of worship, and we give uh, not out of compulsion but out of joy. Um, scripture says that uh, God loves a. a a, a cheerful giver, uh, and that's uh, a very definitely there's a reason for that, uh, because he doesn't want you to give out of compulsion. Uh, he wants you to give out of great joy. And if we just understood how exciting it is to to really be a giver, to really be a giver, I mean, isn't that what the Lord did for us? He gave it all. It's just an amazing thought, really. But um, so uh, this is uh, I promise this is this is uh, this is not the sermon this is just this is just offering so why don't we pray shall we let's let's pray for let's pray for our offering and, and God's goodness uh, we bow and you pray with me let's do that father thank you uh, thank you that uh, we're even able to do church like this thank you God for your great provision for us your son Jesus thank you God that uh, that you have made uh, wonderful provision for us. You have great plans uh, for us, God. You have, you have given so generously, and uh, so, oh Lord, we just take a deep breath, and we want to, uh, we want to give back. Uh, we want to give back as an act of worship, God. We want to give uh, out of our first fruits and not what's left over, God. Um, and uh, thank you for, uh, for your great provision for us. Thank you uh, that. Um, that we are able to steward uh, your resources, God. It all belongs to you. Thank you that we're able to steward those resources well. Um, and uh, I, I pray, God, that we would uh, honor and glorify you with the use uh, of the financial resources that your people give, Lord, for your kingdom, for your purposes, God, uh, for here, for now, for such a time as this. So thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church family. Tyler here. I'm one of the pastors here at the well. Just like to say good morning to everybody and then I miss everybody. And also, too, I can't believe it's already May. 
So if you were born in the month of May, raise your hand. Okay, I see all of you. We have a tradition here at the well. We love to sing happy birthday to you. We also have a tradition at, in the Larson household where we break out birthday bear. This is birthday bear. We bring them to restaurants. We bring them everywhere we go. We originally did it to embarrass our kids. Now it's a tradition, so they always ask for birthday bear. So we're going to sing happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. So have a happy birthday, May babies. Now on with announcements. We only have a few announcements. Um, please check out the church bulletin, which is online. has all the um, dates and time of all our online studies, which are going very well. It also has the continuing um, food bank that we are um, volunteering in. So please check out the church bulletin. Um, and also we want to shout out the Tuesday night Bible study. Um, they're going to um, say hi to you right now. And then when we're done with that, Kingdom Kids have something in store for us. Hi! <laughs> this is the Jeez. meet and greet from the Tuesday night crowd. We've got a, it's, it's early yet. We may still have some stragglers come in, but give everybody a wave there, everybody on your screen. Yay! All right, have fun. Wow, you guys play rough. Oh, hi guys. Oh boy, am I glad to see you guys down here. Swimming with some of my new friends. This week we're talking about the most exciting, the most dangerous, and some of the most popular creatures of the deep. Sharks. They're fascinating, aren't they? They're fast and they're big and they're deadly. When you look at the anatomy of the shark, you see one of the most powerful creatures God ever created. Sharks are also mysteriously beautiful creatures. They even have their own week on the Discovery Channel. Sharks are stars in countless movies like Jaws and Sharknado. They even have their own songs such as Baby Shark Da Dark Da Dark. I don't even know if I sang that right. Hey, what happened when the shark got famous? He became a starfish. Did you know they have to move continuously because if they stop, they could die. They have gills like we have lungs. They don't keep the water moving through their lungs. They, well, they'll die. And that's why they're always on the go. Kind of like us humans, we're always on the go. And that is why this week's Bible story is about some of Jesus's closest friends learning what is more important, running around like crazy or taking the time to just listen and learn more about Jesus. Check out our lesson this week and more fun on Mary and Martha on our church website under Kingdom Kids. Now, let's take a peek at what some of our Kingdom Kids are up to. I'm gonna go swimming with my friends. See you next week. Hi, from Kingdom Kids. I miss you. The word gospel translates to news that brings joy. But this isn't just any news. A gospel is news that changes a life forever. After being invaded and enslaved by Persia, Greece won two decisive battles at Marathon and Solnus. 
the Greeks sent out heralds, also called evangelists, to proclaim the good news to the cities. We have fought for you. We have won. And now you're no longer slaves. You're free. The reality is that we are all slaves, slaves to sin and slaves to death. We are slaves in need of good news. Enter Jesus, God's Son, fully God, fully man, bringing news that would change our lives forever. His news was this, I am the divine, come to you to do what you could not do for yourself. I will take what you deserve so you can have what I deserve. You have no idea how much it will cost me, but you also cannot imagine the depths of my love for you. It is a gift that I give freely. So repent. Repent from all the ways you've run from me and follow me. Follow me because I am the only way to eternal life. Follow me because I'm the Savior you've been looking for. Follow me because I have authority over everything, yet I have humbled myself for you. Follow me because I died on a cross for you, because I'm your true love and your true life. This is my good news for you. This is my gospel, that you have been saved by grace and that you are slaves no more. Well, good morning. We're going to continue through our study of the book of Ephesians uh, this morning. And, and I really like that video because I believe it's going to help us understand uh, the significance, the impact uh, of many words that uh, we may be familiar with as believers, especially if you've been a believer for some time now. Uh, sometimes the words that we use, we become so familiar with them that uh, they lose some of the impact, some of the weight, some of the significance uh, that the early church um, may have appreciated uh, in a far greater way. And that's why uh, I, I chose that video, because it really kind of brings us back uh, to the basics of the gospel even the basics of redemption being delivered from slavery. And my prayer for us this morning is that as we uh, look at Ephesians 1, uh, verses 7 through 10, that uh, these familiar words uh, would penetrate our hearts, uh, perhaps in a new and a fresh way, and that through that, uh, our walk uh, with the Lord would be deepened. Maybe some of you have been in a bit of a spiritual funk and coming back to the basics, to the foundations this morning, uh, maybe just what you needed uh, to get up and to get following Jesus once again in the power of the Spirit, in the joy, uh, enjoying and appropriating all the spiritual blessings that you already possess. So let's read Ephesians 1, 7 through 10 together. It says, In him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on the earth. And again, in context, we uh, are reminded that 
Ephesians is a letter written from the Apostle Paul to the believers in Ephesus and the surrounding region. And we have been working through uh, the list. Uh, earlier in verse 3, Paul said that we had been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so uh, verses 7 through 10 really kind of continue uh, detailing out uh, these spiritual blessings that we have already received. And in verse 7, it says, In Him we have redemption through His blood. Uh, very important not to skip over the word have, right? Uh, redemption is a present possession. Again, we need to be careful that in our times of prayer, we don't ask Father for things that He's already given to us. In fact, I encouraged you a few weeks ago, rather than praying for things that you already have, it's better to pray uh, for Father to, uh, to help you uh, accept and apply and appropriate what He's already given to you. So in verse 7, it says, we have redemption through His blood. Redemption. Again, that's a word that, that maybe you're familiar with, maybe you've used in the past. Uh, but over time, maybe it's become a little bit gray, a little bit fuzzy. And because of that, it's lost its, its significance, its impact for you personally in your walk with Jesus. So what is redemption? Well, a simple definition of, de of redemption is to liberate by payment of a ransom to set a person free. It's liberty from bondage and slavery permanently. Now, why would this word have resonated with the early believers, with the early church? Well, in the Roman Empire, it was estimated that there were approximately 60 million slaves, slaves that were bought and sold as property. Well, one of the things that could happen is that someone could pay the price for a slave and set them free permanently from slavery. And so uh, the early church would have really perked up when they heard the word redemption and connecting it to being set free from slavery, very common thing in their culture. And, and it would have been a very powerful term to be applied in the spiritual sense, to be applied to slavery, to sin, right? William Barclay says this, delivering of a man from a situation from which he was powerless to liberate himself or from a penalty which he himself could never have paid. So the Greek word uh, for redemption really conveys uh, deliverance from a situation where, where we're powerless, where we're helpless, where there's nothing we could do to get out of it. And that what, that's what makes the word redemption so powerful. Matthew 20, 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus himself says, I've come to give my life as a ransom for the world. So what was the price of the ransom? The price of our redemption? His blood. His blood. And it's very important uh, in, in understanding the gospel and even sharing the gospel that we don't omit His blood. Now, what do I mean by that? By that? Oftentimes, when we're sharing the gospel we will say, hey, Jesus died for you. 
Now, I've shared with you uh, around Easter time that it's very important not to forget that the gospel is Jesus died for you and rose from the dead, okay? So you can never uh, omit the resurrection from the gospel. But also, in understanding the gospel, it's not just that Jesus died for you. It's that his blood was shed, okay? That we have redemption through his blood. Don't forget the blood, okay? Hebrews 9.22 says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. The Old Testament Levitical sacrificial system was really a foreshadow of Jesus coming as the Lamb of God. Right? In fact, John the Baptist in John 1.29 says this, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But it wasn't just that he was the Lamb of God. He was the Lamb of God who was sacrificed, who shed his blood for the sins of the world. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Revelation 5, 9 and 10. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. In Matthew 26, 26 through 28, Jesus himself says this, right? He says, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. For the forgiveness of sins. In verse 7 of Ephesians 1, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. What is forgiveness? Again, it's a word that, that we often use, uh, we often maybe uh, have read about or, or shared. Uh, but really, when was the last time you tried to define or you looked up the definition of forgiveness? And again, in its simplest terms, the word forgiveness in this context means to carry or send away. That's what forgiveness means, to carry or send away. And the early church, the early believers uh, would have perhaps thought about Leviticus 16. On the Day of Atonement, the high priest was to make a sin offering. And for the sin offering, they would take two goats. One goat would be killed uh, and the blood shed. The second goat, many of us call this the scapegoat, uh, would be used symbolically. And what, uh, in this case, Aaron, the high priest, would do is, is Aaron would lay both hands on the head of the goat, 
would confess all the sins, all the iniquities of the people, and then send the goat away into the wilderness, never to return. In fact, Leviticus 16.22 in the New Living Translation says this, As the goat goes into the wilderness, it will carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. And that's the word picture of sins being carried away, being sent away. That's forgiveness. That's forgiveness. So we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Now, trespasses uh, means uh, it's interesting because it's different than sin. Sin, uh, many of you know, is defined as missing the mark. Okay, missing the mark of God's perfect standard. The word trespasses, it really means crossing a line or a boundary, right? Deviating from God's will, okay? It's a falling or a stumbling away from God's will. And so we're forgiven for our trespasses. There's forgiveness for our sins. Uh, they are sent. They are carried away. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Psalm 103, verse 12. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. How far is the east from the west? Infinity. Why is this so important? Because there are many believers who still, who still are burdened by guilt by a sense of condemnation for your past sins, your past trespasses. And this morning, I want to encourage you to, to receive, to stand upon the truth of God's word for you, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? If you're feeling condemned, if you're feeling accused by your past and you're a believer, that's not coming from God. That's coming from the enemy. That's coming from the enemy. On the authority of God's word, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This morning, be free. This morning, take a deep breath smile and say, thank you. Thank you, Father, that I have redemption through the blood of Jesus, that my sins are forgiven. Be free. Be free from the, the slavery, the bondage, uh, wherever it's been coming from. You have redemption. You have been delivered. You have been set free from the penalty of sin in Christ, you have been set free from the power, the bondage, the slavery to sin. Receive that this morning and be free and be free. Ephesians 1, uh, 7 and 8 continues. It says, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and, and insight. God's grace unmerited favor according to his riches which are infinite 
And then it says that he lavished it upon us. He didn't just give us a little bit. He didn't give you just a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. No, upon us all, he has lavished his grace. Lavished means abundance, generous quantity, super abounding. The word uh, lavish comes from French words, and, and one of the French words uh, depicts a torrent of rain, a deluge, right? So when was the last time you just sat there and, and, and pictured God lavish, lavishing, God just this deluge, this torrent of God's grace being just poured, poured and poured upon you as his child. That's God's word. That's God's truth for you as a believer this morning. You have redemption through the blood of Jesus. You are forgiven. God has lavished and continues to lavish his grace upon you according to his riches. So this morning, rejoice. This morning, be free. Be free. Appropriate these spiritual blessings that you already have. John MacArthur says this, the vastness and comprehensive, comprehensiveness of our forgiveness is seen in Paul's statement that it is according to the riches of his grace. God's grace, like his love, holiness, power, and all his other attributes, is boundless. It is far beyond our ability to comprehend or describe. Yet we know it is according to the riches of that infinite grace that he provides forgiveness. Henrietta Mears says this, Redemption is the most glorious work of God. It is greater far than his work of creation. He spoke a word and worlds were formed, but it cost him the life of his beloved son to redeem the world. This morning, because we're speaking of redemption and we're speaking of Jesus' blood and forgiveness and God's grace, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to pause here and celebrate communion as a church family. Some of you may have been uh, celebrating communion with us, and you know that uh, it usually happens earlier in the, in the video before the sermon. But today I thought it was really appropriate for us as a church family to pause right now to remember Jesus in light of the context of these verses. So you may need to pause and, and gather the elements, and, and that's fine. Uh, but before we take communion, we're going to sing a familiar song. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. And sometimes even the songs we sing become overly familiar and lose their weight, lose their significance, the impact that they're designed to have. And so this morning, before Mark leads us through communion, I wanted us to sing nothing but the blood and, and uh, use this as a time to just allow uh, the overwhelming truth of redemption through his blood, forgiveness of trespasses and sins, God's lavishing of his grace upon you to let all of these truths 
just resonate deeply into the core of our being as believers. And after we sing nothing but the blood, Mark will lead us through communion. And after communion, I'll come back up and we'll close out uh, the service by looking at verses 9 and 10 together. So let's sing. Good morning, saints. What an amazing passage in Ephesians that Richie has just helped us explore in understanding the, the absolute amazing blessing that we have that the Father has given us by putting us in Christ. Um, and I want to look at uh, just a little bit of verses 7 and verses 8 as we move towards taking the Lord's Supper today. Verse 7 starts, the first two words in verse 7 say, In Him we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of all of our sins. And this is the fourth time that Paul has used this, these words of being in Christ or in Him just in the first seven verses of Ephesians 1. In Ephesians 3, he says that the Father has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. In verse 4, Paul says that the Father chose us in him, in Christ. That is where we, uh, from the beginning of time, before time even existed, we were in him and chosen in him. And in verse 6, Paul says that we have been blessed. The gracious, gracious grace of God has been given to us through the Holy One and in the Beloved. Um, then he starts in verse 7 by saying it is only in Christ 
that we receive the forgiveness and the redemption through his blood. And that is just so important to remember as we come to the Lord's table that it is not in the world, it is not in our own strength, it is not in the law, it is only in Christ that we find forgiveness and that we find redemption through his blood. Verse um, 7 ends by saying that according to the richness of his grace, just think of that word richness. What does that connote in your mind? When I think of the term richness, I think of just unimaginable opulence. I think of people who have billions and billions of dollars, more money than they can ever possibly know what to do with. Or I think of an opulent king of Solomon who just lived in lavishness and richness and there was more wealth than he possibly knew what to do with. Well, that is the amount of grace that God has towards you and towards me. Richness, just an unbelievable, endless amount of grace that is given out to you and given out to me in Christ for the purpose of forgiving our sins, of redeeming us through his blood. And lastly, in verse eight, he talks about the fact that God has lavished, he used the word lavished this grace on us. So not only is there an endless supply of richness in the amount of grace that God gives, but his choice is to lavish, just give an unimaginable and unthinkable amount of that grace to us, just flood us, overflow us, almost drowning in grace is this notion of lavishing his grace on us. So this is just an attitude that I encourage you to, to come in in taking the Lord's Supper today. Whether you stop the video right now and uh, join with uh, family members or if you're by yourself, just come to the Lord. Find yourself in your spirit. Bring yourself into the presence of Christ. Realize that the grace that God has given us is, is the richest grace and an endless supply and that God, his choice has been to lavish just flood you, drown you in the grace and love of Jesus Christ in coming, sending him to come to the cross to forgive us and to save us into his kingdom. So as you just take time, whether it's now in pausing the video or after this uh, video is done, make sure you take time today just to come in your spirit to God, to thank him for the lavishness, for the richness of his grace, and to thank him for placing you in Christ for the purpose of your salvation and redemption through his blood. So I hope that you just have a meaningful time in taking the Lord's Supper today and have a wonderful week. Thank you, Mark. We're gonna close our service by looking at Ephesians 1, verses nine and 10. And they say this, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Well, in verse seven, uh, we saw that redemption is something that we have as a present possession right now. Verses nine and 10 also tell us something that we have. We have the knowledge that God is still managing. God is still in control. God is still working everything out on this planet according to his plan, his purpose, his timing. In verse 9, it says, making known to us the mystery of his will. The word mystery in the Bible doesn't mean scary or spooky. It means something that was hidden, but now has been revealed. Okay. 
It says, he's making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on the earth. As we look around our planet, we see the impact of sin. We see the impact of the fall going all the way back to the garden. And we see brokenness and pain and devastation, right? And, and sometimes we see it all and we can get discouraged. Even as believers, we can wonder what's going on. And then we look at the circumstances of our life and we can get discouraged and we can turn inward and we can forget that God is still in control. Verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Be encouraged this morning, whatever circumstance you're going through, whether or not it's related to, uh, you know, the coronavirus, it might be financial, it might be a physical issue, it might be relational, it might be uh, something uh, with your work, it might be spiritual struggles that you're going through. Be encouraged that God is still on the throne. God is still working everything out according to his purpose and plan. And one day, everything, everything will be made right according to God's plan and purpose. Amen? That is our hope. That is our confidence. The Life Application New Testament Commentary says this, Sin holds people in bondage. Sin has also caused all creation to fall from the perfect state in which God created it. The world physically decays and experiences conflict so that it cannot fulfill its intended purpose. One day God will liberate and transform all creation. Until then, it waits in eager expectation for the right time. Christ provided the means for this restoration. When the time arrives, all of creation meaning every created thing and being, will be as God created it to be, perfect, eternal, and fulfilling its intended function to praise God. I think of Philippians 2, verses 9, and 11, 9 through 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, one day God is going to make it all good, perfect, right, according to his plan and purpose. So be encouraged, saint. Whatever circumstance you're going through, be encouraged. You have redemption. You have been forgiven. You are set free from the penalty of sin. You're set free. You've been delivered from the power, from, from slavery to sin. And Ephesians 1.14, we're going to look at next week, speaks of a future redemption where you're going to get a new body and God's going to establish his kingdom in the way that he plans and purposes. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. We're going to close uh, with a wonderful song that brings us back to the foundation of, of redemption, of having redemption 
in Jesus' blood and what that means in the trials and tribulations of our life. This song is called When My Heart is Torn Asunder. And if you're feeling like you're going through something right now and it, it's uh, maybe all you could do to turn on uh, the video and watch it, maybe, you, maybe you've been discouraged, maybe you've been uh, depressed, maybe, um, you know, you're just going through a valley right now. I encourage you to listen to the words of this song and by faith even to sing these uh, words as truth of who you are in Christ, what you already possess in Christ. And I pray that through this, through God's word and perhaps through this song, he will speak truth to you this morning. He will bring comfort. He will bring peace. He will bring joy. He will bring hope and, and whatever else you would need. Because the Bible says that we have been given everything we need for life and godliness. So let's sing this song together as a church family, declaring, declaring that we have redemption through the blood of Jesus. is over and this world 
Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that we have redemption through the blood of your son, Jesus. Thank you that we are forgiven. Thank you for lavishing your grace upon us according to your riches. Thank you that you are in control. You are managing everything according to your plan and your purpose. Father, we love you. May these truths penetrate our heart. May they be foundational to the choices we make and, and how we live the rest of this day and every day, that our lives would bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. I want you to know that the elders and pastors here at the well, we love you. We pray for you regularly, and we look forward to being together once again next Sunday. Have a blessed week.